when you're a volunteer and you come to the Farm Bill Study Committee and you're not real sure why you're there and you need to be home on your farm doing your business, uh, I hope you see that this is why you were there because it, it is paying off and we are moving the ball and we're doing it to benefit you. Welcome to the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast. I'm your host, Carl Wiggers, and today we're talking about a new development affecting Louisiana farmers and ranchers. I'm joined by Andy Brown, Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation's National Affairs Coordinator, to discuss the newly introduced bill in Congress, the Drought Assistance Improvement Act, authored by Louisiana 5th District Congresswoman Julia Letlow. This legislation could bring much-needed support to our crawfish farmers and cattle ranchers grappling with the harsh realities of drought we've faced here in Louisiana. In this episode, we break down the bill's basics, potential impact, and gain insights from Andy Brown on the critical steps taken to protect the livelihoods of those who feed our nation. We'll also see how this bill could find its way into the 2023 Farm Bill and check in on the status of that as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast. Joining me now, we got two weeks in a row, we have Andy Brown, the commodity affairs, national affairs, commodity guy, you do it all, Andy. But right now we're talking kind of about national affairs. That's where we're at today. We talked last week about drought with you in Madison. And we know that we've been in drought for months here in Louisiana. We've been pushing our farmers and ranchers and members to really get involved in helping get the drought monitor adjusted. We did that. We talked about that last week. Now we have you back. What's the update? Where are we at now? Well, I'm, I'm blowing through the door this morning, fired up, getting the energy up. It's early on a Friday, dragging Carl in here to make make him record a, an update on this situation. But I'm fired up. I'm happy uh, to happy to record it. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. Uh, it's not every day that Farm Bureau has one of our Farm Bill priorities and such a hot button issue deliver uh, in a, a Farm Bill marker bill, an actual piece of legislation in Congress, and that's what we accomplished this week. And huge deal, you know. For me personally, just in what I do in my career, but it's about our membership. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is thousands of our members who have been calling, you know, with these issues in two very distinct commodities, and we were able to package them up with our champion in Congress in the House through Congresswoman Julia Letlow, and uh, we we got a bill. You're telling me we, you don't write bills every week for to help or help write bills or help put language in bills for Congress? Every no, week? I tried to put my legal hat on and and did actually uh, got involved in the drafting of this thing, uh, but that they didn't teach me that in school. The legality speak, uh, you can go read the bill, but it's a challenge to understand because it's amend this and amend that and a few sentences here and mm-hmm. words there. But ultimately, uh, what we've uh, worked with. Miss Julia on and her staff is these problems we talked about last week on the pod of LFP having this long extended period uh, needed of severe drought to eight, trigger eight weeks, eight weeks, yeah, eight consecutive weeks to only trigger a month of payment. And when we brought that to her her team, they said, "Hold on, you, you mean you got to be in dry, severe drought for eight weeks, but you only get four weeks of coverage?" And we said, "Yeah, that's that's how it's currently written." Uh, and we, you know, from our livestock committee, we said, why in the world would that be? We need to change that. Mm-hmm. And so they jumped right in, uh, really came to us. We, you know, we told you on the pod last week, we kind of have them on standby because we were trying to figure things out and they didn't want to stand by anymore. They wanted to help. They wanted to do something. And this was already in our farm, farm bill priorities. It was already something our livestock committee had uh, wanted to move on. And so we were ready and we had some ideas and gave them to them and they wrote us a bill. 
Yeah, one thing, I mean, you mentioned they came to us. They're ready to, they were not wanting to stand by. They were ready to work. That means they were hearing from from farmers and ranchers in, in her district, obviously. That must been have been part of that equation, right? Yeah, and they the way, what I love so much about Miss Letlow is she has that educator mindset and just that kind of, she just has a big heart. So she she said, you know, I know how bad it is. I can see the drought when I'm back in the district. There was that plain just love for her people. She's like, we got to do something for them. Obviously, this is this is bad, and these technicalities don't seem right to me. So we were able to uh, work with her to create a bill that would uh, – this is ultimately going to be something we have to tackle in the farm bill. It's not going to move uh, by itself. Bills like this just don't move in Congress like that anymore. But uh, it's going to give us a, a lower trigger on LFP and then – up the the chain of weeks, more opportunity for for payment. Right, and what uh, just we should we should clarify this. We're talking about HR fifty six ninety one. It's called the Drought Assistance Improvement Act, and uh, so we're, we've we talked about it on this week's t- episode of Twilo. We're we're pushing it out on social. We're really trying to educate our people about it. But what? Tell me, kind of what that looks like. As you said, it's a marker bill earlier, and it really is not like what it's. What's the nuts and bolts? How does all this work, you know, with your national affairs hat on? I'm I'm fresh on uh, teaching on this lingo because that's some of the work I've been doing with Madison. She she knows the issues and she knows how it impacts livestock folks. But when you do this for a living, you kind of have to learn this little D.C. Um, rhetoric. But uh, essentially, standalone bills, just simple bills like this don't move in Congress these days. You have to attach a bunch of bills together usually through some sort of appropriation or some sort of regulatory reform or whatever you're trying to accomplish. This happens to be something that involves money and government payments. Uh, but essentially, we we put this out there, the Congresswoman put this out there to put the ag committees on notice, like, hey, this isn't just talk. We need to see legislative action. We want to see this in the farm bill. And it's much easier to get that done if you can hand committee staffers and leadership, you know, G.T. Thompson and those on the Ag Committee, if you can hand them ready-to-go text that's already had legal look over it, it's already had technical guidance from USDA, like, yes, we can or cannot, you know, how would this look if we did pass it? How would it be implemented? We've done all of that. So it's a beautiful little package ready to go. It's just got to be inserted and get enough uh, political fuel in the tank to push it when we get you know deeper in the farm bill. So it's she introduces this bill and with probably little hope of actually passing it by itself. Obviously, right. But it's already packaged, ready to roll to be worked into something else bigger and better, like maybe a farm bill. Yes, absolutely. And that's those are the kind of conversations that we have, and what you know, me, Brian, Madison, our team stays engaged with committee staff as well and other states and it's this whole big swell of a network to see what's getting traction and what is getting interest and so we knew that there's plenty of other states with drought you know this is a just kind of a no-brainer common sense reform solution so on uh, but you know we had a leader that wanted to get out there and and bring it forward in a stronger way than just Farm Bureau's Farm Bill priorities that they helped submit through the little portal, we got it ready to go. There's no excuses now. The, the only challenges will be funding and just political back and forth. So uh, we already knew uh, when when Julia came to us and her chief of staff and 
Um, Tyler Levins, who's her legislative assistant that I work with real close, they came to us, you know, like I said, wanting to do more. And so this was something that was already on the minds of the committee. We know the House Ag Committee has looked at this. Uh, there was some similar language on the Senate side. So we take all these pieces, we put them together and, uh, you know, kind of have a, a really good play, I guess, for a football analogy. We're in football season. We kind of have that that package ready to go and we're ready to implement it and, you know, let's let's get it going. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things in there. I know it it cuts down from eight weeks to four weeks to trigger payments for LFP. What else what else is kind of in this package? Yeah, so we we did want to keep it focused and tight. There's you know, there's plenty of things with y'all hear me rattle on about disaster programs all the time. Uh, but we wanted to focus on drought because that's what we're experiencing right now and have a lot of good narrative to go with it. So that's kind of the sole cattle piece, you know, this LFP um, now will trigger at four weeks of D2 and give you a month of payment. Or if you get to eight week consecutive weeks, you get two months of payment. And then the program already has other mechanisms so beyond that. Four weeks of, of drought equals four weeks of payment. Or yeah, one month severe of payment. drought. And that's always key to make sure we throw in there because it's not just we hadn't got a rain in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this According is to the drought real monitor. drought, yeah, with scientific you right. know, proof that your hay crop's probably not going to make it, that kind of thing. Does the uh, D3 still instantly trigger? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't change anything beyond that. We just kind of wanted to lower the floor a little more um, and make it, you know, more consistent, match up better. Because mm-hmm. let's just, I'm not, a, I'm not a hay, I'm not a forage agronomist, but uh, you go, you get into a D2 scenario, you're your hay cutting's already at risk. You might have enough to get, you know, first cutting. But if you're in that kind of drought, the way hay works, you go cut it, you bale it, and then you hope you get some rain. Maybe you fertilize it, whatever you, however you manage it. But you hope it grows back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hope to get numerous cuttings on the same pasture in one summer. Well, this summer, you may have got that first cutting. It was probably a month late because it was slow to grow because it didn't have rain. You get it maybe if you had a good enough um, pasture. Well, then it you don't get any more. So that's why there's a need for this program. But to to make somebody wait for eight consecutive weeks to get a four week payment just didn't match up. Mm-hmm. So it's common sense. I think Miss Letlow says that in an interview with Avery. It's it's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's the the cattle part and came straight of a, out of our committee and just kind of common sense stuff. Just just. Good old boys and good old girl, cow, you know, cow girls sitting around. This doesn't make sense to us. How can we fix this? And uh, the other piece was certainly a Louisiana Farm Bureau priority. So um, we've gotten farm raised fish, aka crawfish, for our instance, into the ELAP program through freeze. We did accomplish that in 2021. Big deal. But freeze is really the only thing for crawfish as far as a safety net through any standing program. Well, we are getting an abundance of calls, very big concern from our crawfish producers that this drought is going to really impact their catch this upcoming season, um, particularly for those that use uh, fresh or use surface water, excuse me, to, uh, to flood their fields. I mean, our vice chairman in Vermilion Parish can't, his pumps won't reach the bottom of the bayou to pull water. Like he's, he's dry. He cannot... Mm-hmm floods. He's trying to find other ways through 
um, groundwater and other things that he hasn't his family hadn't used in 60 years. Like it's just a a monumental task and a huge cost. Another issue right now facing everybody south of I-10 is saltwater. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the, a whole nother. Yeah, so even if he could, if his pump would reach in the bayou, it would be salty, and he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't use that either. So, and that's just one example of a lot of folks. And even if not, um, those crawfish, they're in a burrow in the ground. If it dries up in their kind of hibernation period, if you will, um, then they die. So there's a lot of risk out there in the time of their season where they're in the decision point of what acres do I flood, how much inputs do I put into this, maybe their rice crop or their Sudan crop is already failing and it's not going to have enough forage to make a crawfish crop or at least the kind that they budget in for. So all this risk and all these questions with no safety net to to give them any assurance to try to go out there and make a go of it. So, um, you know, admittedly, Crawfish wasn't the top of mind with uh, the Congresswoman's office at first, but when we, you know, kind of had these discussions, we brought that up, and um, Julia's been super supportive of those folks too, and so they said, "Yeah, sure, give us give us some ideas," and we helped them write that up as well. So, what what kind of related to crawfish? I mean, is it going to be a similar plan like is like LFP or what? Well, how is that going to look? Everything with crawfish, honeybees, all. LFP only applies to cattle. Mm. Uh, so we have to stay within the ELAP program, or at least uh, that's the best plan of action right now. Uh, but it the it's pretty plain and simple. We just wanted to make drought an eligible loss for ELAP. Currently, it is not. Mm. Okay. So that's the, there's kind of three pieces to this legislation. First, LFP, cattle, we've already been over that. Two, very simple, crawfish eligible because of drought. The third piece is a. It was the trickiest one with just the wording of it and whatnot. But what we're looking to accomplish also in crawfish is even with freeze, um, they just USDA. When you look at farm raised fish, each species is so different. If you're raising trout in the northeast versus salmon, farm raised salmon in the northwest versus bait fish in Arkansas versus crawfish in Louisiana. Those are all lumped into farm-raised fish. Very different species, very different climate, growing seasons, how you raise them. Just You can't lump them together. One mm-hmm. size does not even come close to fitting all. So we wanted to see, uh, we've been pushing, we've been trying um, to get USDA to work with us more closely to get some better rulemaking, some better what kind of data do I need to have if I want to be eligible. So sometimes when the the timing is right. It's better to get Congress to tell uh, USDA what to do than us just continuing to bark up that tree. Mm-hmm. And so we we put some language in there that just asks the secretary and through his um, administration to work with farmers and industry, you know, with researchers and let's get some let's get some better rules for crawfish. We want to do right by the program. We don't want program abuse. We don't want you know, bad government. So let's just all get together and it, it implores them to do that. Got you. Well, I know in all of this discussion with uh, Ms. Letlow's team and and like you mentioned, the different groups from different states, you're probably hearing a ton about the Farm Bill and it's September 29th today. What's the status of Farm Bill and how will this 
maybe roll into Farmville? What what are you hearing out there in, in the DC circles? Well, there's this really dark cloud uh, that looms tomorrow night. Government shutdown, and that unfortunately has held up everything in DC. All focus right now has been on how do we pass appropriations packages, mainly the ag approps and the defense appropriations. This, the two things you don't want to uh, to cut first, you, your defense and your food, but those are the, the ones at hand. Uh, we got to get over that before we really get deep into the farm bill. But what I want folks to know, and something like this is a good example, is that is happening behind the scenes. Those ag committee staffers are working on that every day. A lot of groups, including us, are still communicating about that every day. So if we can ever get past this approach season, then, you know, a farm bill could move pretty quickly. Like we we know there's drafting going on. And so once it can roll out and we can start hashing things out and, and picking winners and losers, uh, I say we, the committees can start picking winners and losers, then, you know, I think we could come together. But the the concern is there's so much partisan politics going on in this appropriation season. That's all the articles you'll read in Politico and AgriPulse and everywhere else right now is, is this foreshadowing to the farm bill and going to divide folks into this next season, which has historically been a, a more partisan effort than most other things. So we're ready. We're set. We just can't go until we get through this this political football that's being tossed around in Congress. I feel like it's every time we get close to a farm bill or something like this, it's like, wait, we have a shutdown coming. <laughs> Congress is the epitome of a bad college student that waits to the night before to study for their exam <laughs> and try to cram it all in. That's They don't do anything without a hard deadline, and then they'll probably ask for an extension three or four times and uh, – that's what it looks like they're going to do again. Well, it sounds like it's it's nice to know that there is work still happening behind scenes with committee staffers. And, and that's one of the things that makes it great for having ag committee staff like that. That's their that's their only thing while the the uh, the elected officials are, are dealing with whatever's in front of them at that moment. The staffers are always working on these issues, making sure we get drafts ready and and talking to people like you and uh, and Brian and our people here in the state and across the country that are kind of helping craft these these things and finding these priorities for us. What, um, I guess, while Congress figures out how they're going to deal with the shutdown, what do we need to do here back on the grassroots level? What do our farmers and ranchers need to know, uh, I guess, related to the work? What's, 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 the, what's our marching orders? Well, the, the first thing, and I hope everybody can hear the energy in my voice this morning, because this is, this is huge. Like to have, we call the Congresswoman a champion and, you know, we have a lot of our members know her staff and her personally, but she is an elected official. So the first thing, she's not going to come out and ask you, hey, please, uh, please give me love on social media. Please tell your friends and neighbors that I did something for you, but I'm going to tell you that. We need you to get out there and be like, y'all need to look at what Congresswoman Julia Letlow is doing. And it, it wasn't just her, but she is, you know, on ag approach. You know, we had interest from pretty much every office in the state, but she's the one who said, I'm going to go and do something and move the needle. You know, her chief of staff, her staff. And so that's a big deal. We can't just say, well, that's expected. That's what she's supposed to do. It, yeah, it is, but it doesn't happen every day. 
so we need to give her a lot of love and, and try to get that out there to our our neighbors and friends and just appreciate her so much and just the honest work. It's 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 a real relationship. It's not just uh, smoke and mirrors. So that's first. Secondly, we don't stop here. A marker bill doesn't do anything if you don't get some legs behind it. So we're going to try to shop this around, get some interest from our friends and neighbors and other farm bureaus. Uh, and then even as early as last night, I had another organization reach out and they had a few more ideas that was even further in the weeds about uh, irrigated pasture land and how it gets left out of drought. And so we'll have some of that. We'll have some folks want to jump on uh, this train and that's fine as long as we can all work together and it's beneficial for our members. So, you know, we started this in a, in a farm bill study committee through Farm Bureau almost two years ago now. Uh, we've had this in our livestock committee and our crawfish committee. Uh, and so now it's, we don't stop here. We need those folks to continue to show up and continue to beat this drum. And eventually we will probably take a group of our leadership to DC. We just haven't done it yet because you want to strike when the, the iron's hot. And right now the farm bill iron is still sitting on the shelf, right? But we'll, uh, we'll keep pushing. That's, uh, that's the biggest thing. You, you mentioned, you know, one of the things we, one of the things we were beating that drum really hard about was the drought monitor just weeks ago. Last week, even, we were still talking about that. I'm, I just pulled up the monitor here. We have two parishes I see that are in D1. No, they're in D2. Everything else in Louisiana is touching D3 and D4. Yeah. Do we need to keep updating the drought monitor? Do we need to keep feeding that? Is that still in, in a priority? Or Yeah, that's, that's never going to stop. Uh, but we do have better systems in place uh, that are kind of propped up right now, but we're still working on that too. Um, we'll have more to come on that. Our livestock committee is meeting tomorrow, uh, going to discuss that further, but we want to ensure that we have a lot of attention still right now, but as you know, if we start getting rains and things move on, we got to have something more permanent and more structured to not just have to sound the alarms again next summer or whenever the next time it gets real dry. I was mainly asking because what we're talking about with Miss Letlow's bill, with the farm bill, that doesn't change the need for this drought monitor to stay accurate and updated. Oh, absolutely not. That's uh doesn't fix that or make that go away. Yeah, there was some things. So the Senate side, uh, I think it was Senate Bill five fifty five. We pulled some of this language in our bill from that. And it has a whole lot more about kind of questioning the drought monitor and reviewing if it's the right metric. We weren't ready to get in all that because we've just put so much effort into getting that right. Uh, and we're going to stay there for right now. But uh, yeah, it, the if people beyond just giving love to your elected officials and, and helping us uh, sell this bill, you definitely need to still be engaged with, you know, the Cocoa Raw thing, the Seymour reporting, all that is still very helpful. Um, and we don't need that to go away either. Yeah. Well, we're going to be posting on social some of our own content about this. If you want to share it and and make sure you blast it, because that's what that's what, like Andy said, we need to make sure these these uh, representatives that are that are helping be our advocates in D.C. We need to make sure they know that we appreciate that and that that we're behind them and and, uh, and with them on that. So, Andy, I know you've got a meeting to get to, but seeing all this in action over the last few weeks, I mean, really the last few months with the way the drought and Farm Bureau has responded. We've talked about this. We talk about it all the time. Does it make you proud of our members and proud of the the, the logo on your chest? There's no doubt. I, I use this analogy telling somebody this week who 
works for our insurance company. In a situation like this, just for an analogy, I see myself as the coach. You know, I know the rules really well. I know how the game is played. But if I don't have a Amelia Kent quarterback in this thing, if I don't have a livestock committee, is that, you know, I'm just going to go with this football analogy. If we don't have that committee as our O line pushing this thing down the field, uh, these staffers, you know, as our wide receivers running this thing um, really, really far down the field, putting all those pieces together. Uh, but like any good, Coach uh, will tell you, I'm sure Coach Kelly would if we got him on this pod, you're only as good as your players. So I'm super proud of of my team, uh, super proud of Madison, Brian, Kyle, Mr. Harper. Like we've all been involved on this. Y'all on PR side, I mean, it's it's the full gamut of Farm Bureau and uh, we're super excited uh, to move. You know, I said it on last week's pod, but I'll say it again. When you're a volunteer and you come to the Farm Bill Study Committee and you're not real sure why you're there and you need to be home on your farm doing your business, uh, I hope you see that this is why you were there because it it is paying off and we are moving the ball and we're doing it to benefit you. Thanks, Andy, for joining me and teaching me all about the Drought Assistance Improvement Act and what it means for our Louisiana farmers and ranchers. We urge you, our members, to stay informed about the bill's progress and reach out to your representatives to show your support for Louisiana's agriculture. Your voice is what makes Louisiana Farm Bureau so strong right here in Louisiana and in Washington, D.C. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your fellow farmers, ranchers, and anyone else passionate about the future of Louisiana agriculture. Thank you for joining us today on the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast. I'll see you again right here next week.